More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. In this episode of the Family Business Voice, Albert Miles speaks to us about family dynamics, behaviors that build resiliency in the face of adversity, and what to do when we are confronted with negativity. Albert Miles is a former professional basketball player who is now a philanthropist, mentor, and the leading expert in the family dynamic, mental health, and health fan issues affecting ultra-high net worth families from around the world. Enjoy this episode with Albert. Albert, it's really a pleasure to have you on the Family Business Voice. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we're talking to each other in kind of a weird time, and it feels like we live in a time where so much is going on and there's so much positives, but also a lot of negativity out there. And you and I today are going to talk about, from your experience as someone who is a a mentor, advisor, and educator to families, we're going to talk about family dynamics, but also behaviors that build resiliency in the face of this kind of environment that we're facing in 2020. Given the circumstances that we're in this year, it feels like families have been really put through the stress, right? They've been put through the ringer. If you have problems to begin with, this year must have been very, very tough for families that were put under lockdown together, like given the pandemic. What kind of family dynamics, positive and negative, have emerged most clearly for you in terms of patterns? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a challenging time. But I'm a firm believer that, you know, we're put in positions to to be challenged, but also to succeed. So for me, it's kind of like a test. And those are some of the things that I try to, I guess, teach and educate people about is that although these situations are happening, we will get past it just like we've gotten past all the other things that's happened in this world. Mm. You know, it goes back to just being resilient and having trust in ourselves. And obviously that leads to family dynamics and how the families communicate and how they uh, speak with one another, the trust issues and just this all kinds of things that are going on. Mm. But from my point of view and the things that I've seen positive, uh, I like to start with the positive, (laughs) is that the individuals get to spend more time together. And for some people, that could be a bad thing. Some people, that could be a a good thing. But for most wealthy families, it's a good thing. And the reason why is because it allows them time to understand each other a little bit more and understand what they don't like and understand what they do like about one another. And it gives them a chance to try to solve and resolve certain issues, certain conflicts, certain things that they may not see eye to eye with. For me, that's a good thing because it's easy to avoid the problems. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when we're in a family and we want to avoid a problem, what we do, we run out the house. You know, we go somewhere and and we get away from the individual that we're having the issue with instead Mm of getting together and saying, okay, I'm going to give you five minutes to say what you need to say. And mm. then you give me five minutes to say what I need to say and just give, you know, have that, that, that mediation of, of a conversation and to get to the issue. And obviously a lot of that has to do with ego. I, I think as, as human beings, we tend to have a little bit of ego and we always want to be right. Well, not always, but a lot of times we want to be right. 
And we don't really want to hear the other person's opinion or uh, respect or even just deal with the other, other person's opinion. But one of the things that's important is that their opinion is their opinion, just like our opinion is our opinion. There's no right or wrong when you really look at it. So if we go into family situations like that, like, hey, there's no right or wrong situation. There's no right or wrong opinion. Just say what you need to say. I will respect that. And you say what you need to say. And then that's it. We can move past that. Negatives, obviously, <laughs> are those families who just never really got, got along. It could be kids having um, issues as far as uh, drugs, abuse, mm. um, a lot of entitlement issues that I've seen that have come been coming up. And now a lot of the younger adolescents are at home. So they're kind of going crazy and they're driving the, the parents crazy. And a lot of times the kids are not even being taken care of by the parents. They're getting taken care of by uh, you know the housemaids and, and, and things of that sort. So now the parents actually have to spend time with the kids and they're realizing that their kids are not angels like they thought they were. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, but you're hitting on a few things that are very important. I think that we're also going to explore in this conversation. So like, well, we'll talk a little bit more about like, so the individual's behavior, obviously, and just kind of the yeah. system that is a family, but not just a family. So in our context, we talk about, so you mentioned wealthy families, so whether wealthy or not, but are families that operate together in a business or families that just generally have to work together to be productive together or have a shared responsibility, right? Like that goes beyond sort of like the usual, uh, maybe usual scope. That that is something that can weigh heavily on a family and in the sense that, you know, that those arguments about entitlement come out of usually that sense of like a shared legacy that needs to continue or wealth that needs to be preserved. So that pressure becomes bigger, right? Like, so you mentioned a few things about how in this kind of circumstance, people are forced to kind of discover each other. You know, you're, you can't walk out on people. I think your avoidance, the part about the avoidance is just so true, isn't it? Like, you know, that the fact that we realize um, a lot of people can't travel anymore, which I think is even a bigger bigger thing actually like you know the fact that you not only can't avoid your family you can't even avoid the situation or the context that you're in right like so you can yeah. kinda, all of that distraction is gone but it feels like you know what you're saying is like obviously there's not just good and bad i mean there's also those people who would probably want to fix the situation but because they're confronted with these dynamics for the first time in all honesty they don't know where to start uh, or they don't know how, right? Like, so let's maybe start there and just talk through for a second. So if I'm in this situation where I'm confronted in lockdown, whatever situation in this pandemic with my family, and I realize, well, things aren't the way they should be, like, you know, whether I'm not talking to my kids, my kids aren't talking to me or with your spouse or whatever, like, what's my first step to say, like, okay, how am I going to fix this? You know, like, how am I going to, yeah. like, sort of, like, start the conversation that we never have, that we never have yeah. had to have, basically? Yeah, I think for families who, like you said, who work together, who are constantly together, for me, well, one of the best ways to start is just from some type of event, some type of, mm-hmm. some type of activity. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of families, they have activities that they enjoy together. So within this activity, this could lead to having this conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's easier to get into the conversation while you're, I guess, kind of having fun and kind of enjoying the time. Whereas it's just like, hey, I'm waking you up in the morning. 
let's have this conversation right now. You're like, mm-hmm. mm, can I, you know, can I brush my teeth? Can I, can I eat? You know, you're already defensive, <laughs> yeah. you know, you already yeah. have your defenses up instead of kind of easing into it. So I'm a big firm believer in easing into it where, whether it's an event, whether it's just, um, when I say event, not necessarily like some big thing, but some type of activity that everyone enjoys. So it's not one person who is kind of getting their cake, you know, if, mm. you, if you want to say that. So for that, I think that's a, that's a good one of the good ways to to kind of start that. Obviously, there's many different ways depending on how many family members there are, depending on how bad the situation is. But then obviously you can you have there, and then you have mediators who can come in. You have people like myself who can come in and just you know kind of find, kind of discover and help you know help the families with with those situations because the reality is they are successful at what they do. Mm-hmm. which is grow the business. And it's important to have people on the outside that can help you with the things that you're not great at so that you can kind of, you know, that you can grow. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's important for everyone. That's important for every successful person, whatever we're trying to do, we need some type of person on the outside who can kind of bring their perspective, who's a professional, who's an expert in that thing that we're kind of lacking or the thing that we need and to help us out. So, but like, ultimately, I'm thrown back as a, as a family member. Like, so for me, for my family members, so we're, we're coming to the root cause of any of that kind of conflict lies obviously in people's behavior. So how do we behave with each other? Behaviors that we might have had forever with each other. So I'm thrown back on my behavior and I realize those need to change, right? Like my behaviors need to change. Now, you come from like, so I, I want to just draw the parallel because I think it's interesting with your background as a, as a professional um, athlete, as a professional basketball player. So you come into this like from a very clear sort of like structure perspective as to how behaviors can be built and conditioned. So yeah. I'm in this position. I realize, all right, I got to change. There's things that I'm doing that are like, you know, that are leading to pain for other people and pain for myself. So where do I start there? Like, you know, in terms of like building more positive behaviors that are more positive for me and more positive for my environment. Yeah, I think the, the first thing that we need to do is be transparent. We need to be honest with what's going on inside. I think we tend to block ourselves off and tend to not let others know that we're hurting. And that is kind of where the problem starts. And it goes back to what mm-hmm. I said with ego. We're like, hey, we're too egotistical to let others who love us know that we're hurting, mm-hmm. which is when you think about it, it's kind of crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, it's, as far as the behaviors, behaviors is number one. I mean, it's, I mean, I wouldn't be who I am without my dad teaching me these behaviors when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And from that point, you know, it just was instilled through from sports and then experiences. And then that just led to who I am now. But again, this goes back to families. What behaviors are the families creating for the business, for family dynamics, for well-being, whatever it may be? It starts with those behaviors. And it also starts with, okay, I'm hurting in this situation. I'm hurting in this area. So let me seek help so that I can fix or try Mm -hmm. to manage this situation so that I can be 100% to my team, which is my family. Mm -hmm. My teaching is through sports. Everything I, I do, it has a lot to do with sports. And it's like, you don't want to be the weakest link on the team. You know, if you are, then it hurts the team's ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. And that applies to family businesses. You know, you don't want to be the weakest link in the family business because you're affecting not only the, the family business now, but the legacy 
and the multi-generational wealth, mm. the transfer of the family. So this is what we're trying to help solve or help manage. Um, I don't think we can ever solve all of the problems, but we can for sure help manage and put them in the best possible situation to succeed. And, and that's that's all we can do in life. We put ourselves in the best possible situation to succeed in all aspects of our life, then we'll be okay. Then we just leave mm. it up to, you know, everyone else. <laughs> But so it's interesting. So you're talking about like, I mean, I mean, sports is an attractive metaphor for these things, right? Because we all know like sports is one of those things in in our lives. And I think that this year particularly has been such an eye opener for a lot of people, how movement and sports, how it's all connected to our well-being. I mean, the moment you take that away from someone, even that option from someone, like I think people start realizing how how big a role that plays in their stability, right? Like and how stable they can be. So Again, so maybe drawing on that, like, so, I mean, in sports, it all seems to be quite straightforward. Like, we practice, we hopefully get better, we build muscle, we build endurance, right? Like, you know, our bodies in that way are just amazing and very rewarding, aren't they? Because they show us, like, there's a direct correlation that we understand today. Now, mentally, it's a bit different, isn't it? Like, you know, to mentally change, to overcome patterns, to change a behavior, like, is it? Also, just a matter of practice, according to you. Yeah, it's definitely practice. I mean, <laughs> practice will never make perfect because we will never be perfect. But practice will help us to become better and help us to manage the uncertainties that will come about in life. There's just no way around it. There's going to be uncertainties in everything that we do, and it's really those who have managed those situations the best who have became the best at what they do. So through sports, definitely, um, it's it's something that I guess I'm lucky in the sense to where it's like it's not really work for me, but um, you know I, I try to use those specific techniques, specific ideas that I've learned through sports with people, you know, with families. I think it's important that they really look at sports and say, "Hey, what can I learn from sports? I'm not an athlete, but what are the traits? What are the attributes? The positive attributes that athletes and teams use?" to make themselves succeed. And let me try to implement those into, you know, my family business where we're having, I don't know, we're having um, not necessarily team dinners, but team functions and uh, championships within the team, like contests, make it really competitive and also giving each individual, not just money, but a respect for what they're doing because money mm -hmm. is one thing, but once a person feels like they're respected for what they do, once they feel like they're part of something bigger than what this one thing is, then they're really willing to give more. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's all about that. Just, just letting the individuals know, Hey, how can we give them more? How can we make them more prideful to be and to help grow this thing that we're trying to all do? So when we're confronted with this kind of um, level of negativity, maybe not just in our immediate family, but like in our surroundings as well right now, right? Like, so I, I talk to a lot of people these days who who say that they're they're almost overwhelmed by, mostly by the negativity from the, the outside, like, you know, the news, et cetera. And, you know, I'm not sure if it's just maybe like, it possibly could just be like um, an impression, right? Like, because everything has been quite like, you know, um, yeah. new to us with this whole COVID situation might just be an impression that everyone feels like there's more bad news than before, but it, mm -hmm. it sure seems like that to a lot of people. So like in terms of like, you know, that coping mechanism that you need to 
to establish because what I imagine, like, you know, is that we're assuming here people already realize that change is possible. Now, I actually see a lot of people that have given up, like, you know, from the outset, just saying like, you know, well, that's just the way my my father talks to me or that's just the way my kids respond to me or or that's just the way I lose generally at this game. Like, so I'm, I, they've already qualified themselves as, and even though like it's weird because some of these people are actually very successful, but have totally given up already or like, or wouldn't even attempt to change um, things that are making them really unhappy, by the way. Like, you know, I'm not talking about small things. I'm talking about big, big things. So like, you know, that hopelessness or like that feeling like, you know, we're, we're, I'm never going to win this. Like, how do you even mobilize to the point where I want to change my behavior? Like, what is that, like, trigger? Like, before you were talking about, like, conversations, events, and stuff like that, like, what would you say would would get someone out of such a firm mindset that they're just convinced that, you know, there's no way out of this? This is just too negative. Yeah, that's kind of the, the sad part is that we, as humans, have to almost suffer to finally change a behavior that's hurting us. For an example, it could be someone who's, you know, had a stroke mm. that decides, okay, I need to change, you know, or, mm. you know, someone who had diabetes. Okay, well, I guess I need to change now because I might die, you know, like, mm. okay, it shouldn't get to that point. And that, again, goes back into just the, the family dynamics and already building those behaviors and putting those behaviors within the family so that they mm. can become multi-generational, just like they want their wealth to become. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's about, you know, they always talk about uh, managing, preserving wealth, stuff like that, and growing wealth. Well, let's manage and preserve and grow our family dynamics. Let's work on that just, you know, side by side mm-hmm. so that we can teach our kids and, and teach our generations to come these habits and these patterns that will make life easier so that they're not even thinking about mm-hmm. what they're doing, you know, in a sense. Like, for example, for me, it's gotten to the point where I don't even think about the behaviors that I'm doing because it's became so normal. It's become Mm -hmm. so normal. Whereas some people, for example, you know, if you ask them to to go to the gym or to work out, they're like, "Eh, no, I don't think so. Or if if people seeking help for, you know, family issues, like, ah, it's been 15 years. She's like that. She's crazy or he's crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to deal with it, you know, and that's that's a sad way to live. And then, you know, piggybacking on what you're saying as far as what the society is um, showing us as far as negativity, that's their job. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, they're not going to show us uh, that one person didn't die. They're going to show us that one person got infected, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, it's just like, come on, that's just their job. We have to block ourselves from the negativity of social media, of TV, whatever it may be. And just focus on us and focus on, again, that moment. Um, like I started with in the, in the beginning, we always get through it. It may take more time, but we always tend to get through situations. And I think right now is a perfect time to focus on those family dynamics, focus on those relationships with your family, focus on taking care of yourself more, focus on growing those habits so that once this opens up again, we're off and running. I love that idea of like, you know, at least getting out of this with something significantly different, right? Like to yeah. just like say, tell yourself, well, when this 
well, I, I don't think we can say it goes back to normal anymore because I think the damage is done. But like at least when the infection danger and stuff like when that kind of stuff is contained and movement is back, like and you could escape from your family again if you wanted to, that yeah. you don't feel you want to basically, that you feel like, you know, it's actually a kind of like closeness that you'd want to preserve. But I think those are obviously the best circumstances, unfortunately, not to be part of the negativity here, but unfortunately, as we know, for a lot of people, the family is actually also something that holds back from building positive behaviors and that actually um, takes away the confidence from the individual. We know that a lot of parents project um, sense of um, inadequacies on their kids, making these kids never dare to take any risks or, or never making them feel like they're good enough to reach for for their true potential. So maybe to the younger audience here, and I do feel it's very important to address the younger audience here, not just in terms of like, you know, whatever amount of time they, they spend um, lip syncing on, on TikTok, which <laughs> even for me is, is hard to understand slowly. And this is where I realize I'm aging. But I do think like, you know, it'd be important to send the message here. Like, you know, what if you are in the circumstance where your family is actually what feels like holding you back? Your family is naysaying on like, you know, you feel you could do better. You feel like you want to add your own layer to this, your own twist to this. And out of fear, maybe, maybe they're doing it to protect you, right? Like, because they don't want you to be disappointed, but also maybe they're doing it because they want you to stick to the role that was appointed to you. And you do not go away from that script because it's important. What do you say to those young people who feel like, you know, actually their biggest like enemy and like changing those behaviors is the insecurity they're getting from their families? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I would say, again, it goes back to transparency and you, we have to really focus and just kind of uh, sit down and have this conversation. It's a tough conversation to have. I, I feel like there's no there's no way around that where you can just, you know, kind of, you know, ease it in. You just really have to say, hey, uh, sit down with the, the mom and dad or whatever and say, hey, I, I you know, I love you guys. Uh, I love what's going on within the family. But this is something over here that I feel like I'm passionate about. This is something over here that I feel like is my calling. Um, this is the thing I feel like I can help to impact the world, just like this business may be impacting the world. And at the end of the day, the most important thing is how you feel about the impact that you leave on individuals. And that's it. So if you're not happy in the business and you're doing it, then you're really not doing it with the right attitude or with the right mindset or with the right intentions. Whereas if you, you know, step aside and say, hey, this is what I want to do, you know, they may want to be just an entrepreneur and sell clothes or something like that. I don't know. Mm. If they feel like they're going to have a bigger impact with that and that's what they're passionate about, at the end of the day, that's all that matters, honestly. And they have to find a way to, to relay that to their parents. Um, whether it's, you know, inviting someone in who's, who's, you know, kind of in the middle speaking with, with the family or just going gung-ho and, and trying to have that conversation uh, solo, you know, there's you know, different ways. And again, a lot of it has to do with the family, how close they are, uh, how well they communicate, mm. if they trust one another. Uh, these are things that they kind of have to look at. Each family is, is definitely different. It's hard to just say one specific way because obviously if the family is really close, it's going to be easier for the kids to speak. Whereas if they're, you know, if they're not really that close, then the kid's going to have to you know, find a different way to kind of get that out there. I mean, they can try to do it on the side and not say nothing about it. <laughs> you know, and then once it gets big and say, hey, mom, dad, look what I grew, you know, whatever. But yeah. 
you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, this comes down to like one of a, it's a big topic to me always, like in all of our podcasts, especially on the uh, women and family business podcast, actually, like, you know, where I wanted to ask you, like, you know, and how far do we, uh, do I as an individual have to ask permission to like, you know, to go after what I want to do, regardless of how I stand with my family? Like, what's your stance on that? Like, you know, how do you feel that we owe an explanation to anyone when it comes to trying to live up to our potential? No, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. It's, it's, it's tough. And it's a tough choice to make, but at the end of the day, I'm a firm believer, and I'm sure a lot of wealthy individuals are firm believers of making an impact on the world. That's why they do a lot of philanthropy and stuff like that. So if your child feels that they can make a bigger impact on the world doing a specific thing that they're passionate about, why not let them do that? Mm-hmm. Why have them inside of a business that they're just, you know, a family business and they're, they're not happy about and they're just getting up and they're just doing it just to make the mom and dad happy or the grandpa or grandma or whatever. I wouldn't want that for my kid. I mm-hmm. want my kid to be passionate about everything that they're doing and, and knowing that they have that ultimate goal of impacting the world in whatever specific way and whatever expertise or talents that they have. I be like, I, I feel like that's why we're here. You know, we're, we're, we're given talents from the man above or, you know, universe and it's our responsibility to share those those abilities with individuals and make an impact, a positive impact on the world, and leaving that generational behavior change, leaving that generational wealth, whatever it may be. That's what I believe. Well, thank you very much, Albert, for giving us such insights. Very interesting <laughs> discussion about family dynamics, especially in times of COVID. Thanks very much for joining us on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.